This is Becoming, a podcast for teens. Episode 7, I Will Not Be Influenced. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. I'm your host, Tawny Beardall. I will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. Hey, it's Erica Peterson. If you missed the first episode of this mini-series, I've taken over from Tawny. Last episode, we were talking about thresholds. When Tawny and I started collaborating on this podcast, she asked me what I was passionate about and what I felt needed to be shared with teens today. And what I really wanted to talk about was fun, how to have real fun. And that's what our next episode is going to be about. I'll be sharing ideas with you and hopefully get to hear some ideas from our listeners so that we can all have plenty of inspiration to draw from. But when I started to plan the episode for real fun, I felt very strongly like I needed to address what so many teens and young adults consider their number one source of fun, drinking and drug use. I hesitated about whether or not I should really talk about this topic, but When I started to research it, I realized that I really should not be naive in thinking that this is not a problem, because it is, for so many. I want to be clear in letting you know that my purpose for even speaking about this topic is to hopefully inspire more teens and young adults to protect themselves from some very negative and real consequences of partaking in these activities, especially when you are underage. I want to help you all break a cycle of joining into these activities because you think you are supposed to. I hope to inspire more creativity in what you choose to do with your time and money so that you can get to know your true self better and be more in touch with who you are and who you really want to become. As I studied this topic, I knew I first needed to introduce the idea of thresholds to you, which is how this mini-series all came about. If you haven't listened to that episode, you may want to just to catch up on the idea. But basically, thresholds are our ability to do something that we know is right, despite the number of people around us who may be doing something different. And if you have a threshold of zero, you are choosing not to let anyone influence what your choices are. We hear a lot about peer pressure, but sometimes there isn't pressure, just the presence of so many of our peers doing something that makes us feel like we're not fitting into the mold of everyone around us. If we have a threshold of zero, that means it doesn't matter if three people or a hundred people are doing something we know is wrong. We are going to do what is right because doing what is right is more important than doing what we think others expect of us. We'd love to think that just because an idea is good or that the benefits are obvious that everyone would do it. That just isn't reality. People make the wrong decisions despite warnings and proof that they are dangerous, harmful, and potentially life-threatening. Why do teenagers use drugs? Well, there are countless reasons. Many are reacting to peer pressure and believe that turning to drugs and alcohol is how to become popular in high school. Some use drugs to self-medicate from painful feelings. Tawny talked about that in her episode about numbing. 
Some teens even turn to study aid drugs like Adderall or Ritalin because they believe these substances will boost their grades. High school is often the first time that kids encounter illicit substances, and the curiosity can be too much to resist. In the U.S., teens abuse alcohol more than any illicit drug. Sadly, it causes the most harm. 68% of 12th graders have tried alcohol, and 90% of alcohol consumed by teens involves binge drinking. On average, 22% of teens rode in someone's car who'd been drinking in the last month, and 10% drove after drinking. The real problem is that responsible drinking is not happening amongst teens. These are the most dangerous kinds of activities. Binge drinking, driving when drunk. This is why teen alcohol abuse is responsible each year for nearly 200,000 ER visits and 4,300 deaths among kids under 21. The risks and effects of alcohol on teens include addiction, mental health problems, serious injury or other disabilities due to accidents in drunk driving or other activities, abuse of other drugs, unplanned pregnancy, social difficulties, being arrested, being victims of physical or sexual assault. All these risks increase with the use of alcohol. Alcohol abuse in high school impacts the brain just as hard as other drugs. Memory problems and other lifelong brain issues are common in high schoolers who drink excessively. And kids who start before age 15 are six times more likely to develop alcoholism later in life than individuals who wait until 21 years old. The consequences of addiction include brain abnormalities, slowed thinking, and impaired learning and memory. It can deplete the brain of certain chemicals like dopamine and serotonin, sending high schoolers into a prolonged depression and leaving them susceptible for more destructive behaviors. These drugs affect your ability to be happy and to have a normal, positive life. We know that it can be difficult to reach out for help, but your life is far more important than what your friends or neighbors think. Alcohol is the number one substance abused by teens, but marijuana is a close second and becoming more and more prevalent. According to experts, around 13% of people who started smoking pot as teenagers become dependent on it. Marijuana can cause a drop in IQ of up to 8 points. It's an undeniable problem that's impacting high schoolers everywhere. 35% of 12th graders have smoked pot in the past year. Only 32% of 12th graders think that marijuana is harmful. But according to one study, 12th graders who smoke marijuana are 65% more likely to crash their car. Among 12th graders in the U.S., one out of eight drove after smoking marijuana at some point in the last two weeks. Long-term marijuana abuse often results in lowered motivation and an impaired ability to function in daily life. Some users experience anxiety, panic attacks, respiratory illnesses, and increased heart rate or risk of heart attack. And chronic marijuana abuse has been linked to mental illness such as anxiety and depression. There are so many other drugs that are so available to our kids today. To list a few, Adderall, painkillers, cough medicine, Vicodin, hallucinogens, Oxycontin, sedatives, ecstasy, and inhalants. And approximately 2.5% of seniors are caught up in cocaine use. This may seem like a small number, but it amounts to more than a million teens doing drugs that could kill them. High school deaths are reported each year for every single drug on that list. Parents, don't assume that your kids aren't using or that they're safe from these dangers. Open the lines of communication, start talking about it in your homes, 
and start helping your kids have a plan of what to do and help them feel like they can come to you if they have a problem. Teens, if you have a problem, start talking to your parents. The consequences in the moment might seem really scary, but the truth is your parents love you. I made a decision at a very young age to not be influenced. For me, it wasn't difficult and it simply made my life so much easier. I surrounded myself with people who wanted to do the same things as me and it just wasn't a very difficult decision for me. And as I've gotten older, I've seen others struggle around me and I'm so grateful for that decision. And I asked my friend to join me on this podcast because I really felt that we could benefit from hearing somebody who has struggled with these things. He made the choice on his own to get passionate about life and cutting these substances out of his life just happened naturally. And the positive changes he's seen have just changed him. It's allowed him to become more than he ever thought he could possibly be. All right, guys, I am introducing you to my friend, AJ Packard, and I've been seeing his life changing in front of me, and I just had to reach out to him because I just felt like it was an opportunity for all of you to be inspired by his change in his life. And basically, I just have seen these posts about him deciding to stop drinking, stop smoking, and start running and just have been watching him catch on fire for the last several months. And I asked him to come on here to share with you his reasons for this and how this has changed his life. So basically, um, this last winter was pretty rough. Um, you know, my mom has physical problems and, uh, I felt like I wasn't able, you know, to take care of her. I got into drinking uh, a lot heavier than I usually do. And basically I found myself kind of in a, a mental and physical rock bottom. There was a person that I cared about a lot that I had gotten drunk one night and I had uh, been very mean to. And just deep down, I kind of had a self-reflection type moment and I realized that this is not where I wanted to be or who I wanted to be. So I actually fell back to uh, an experiment I had done in college where you know, I was on the cross country team. Um, and after the season, we had drank pretty hard because that's just kind of what the team did. And my coach decided that because of my behavior, I would get kicked off the team. And, you know, as a sophomore in college, that was pretty devastating. Obviously, running was my identity. Um, so at that time, the only way that I, I could see myself getting back in the good graces of my coach was to completely quit drinking cold turkey. And I ran every day that year except for six days. And I didn't drink a single drop of alcohol. And that was strictly to get back on the cross-country team. But during that time, I noticed a lot of life changes um, that naturally occurred. So, you know, as I got into my adult life and I hit this rock bottom, you know, I was thinking about that experience in college and I just, it, it, the light bulb kind of went off and I was like, all right, I need to, I need to buy a pair of running shoes and I need to stop drinking. And it was really, it was kind of a random decision. I, I had a strategy behind it, but I didn't really have uh, the idea that it would go this far. But, so, you know, like I, like I experienced before, probably three weeks into it, um, you know, I started noticing a difference. Like my body physically from not drinking, I felt uh, a level of clarity that I hadn't in a long time. And I felt physically better. I thought I was getting older, but I was really just out of shape. And as, as time went on, 
it, it became more and more obvious where I needed to head with this. Um, so I decided to make a goal. Uh, I've never wanted to run a marathon in my life, um, but I, I needed something to motivate me because I liked where I was headed. So I signed up for a marathon and I told myself that I wasn't going to drink until I finished that race, which was eight months out in October. So from March to October, that was my goal. And as I, as I started running, I realistically started to feel better. It was harder to be sad and have a lot of self-pity when I was seeing results. Physically and emotionally. Yeah, I mean, when you're so drained, I, I was literally, I was depressed. I didn't, I didn't really think that I had any self-worth. I didn't think I was going anywhere. I felt like I was letting a lot of people down. And what, it, what happened when I stopped drinking is I got a lot of, a lot of time to think clearly. And in that process, that's when I was able to recognize, you know, who I was, what I'm doing, why I'm here. Um, You know, when you drink, it's fun at first. And then, you know, you have, say, you start drinking and you're in a bad mood. Those situations tend to spiral out of control on you. And it just leads to more negative situations and more hurt feelings, which if your vice is to take care of those with alcohol, you're pretty much in a a never-ending cycle. By quitting all that, my head cleared up. And yeah. once, you, once you're clear and you start getting in shape, you lose a little bit of weight, you get your confidence back. You're all of a sudden inspired to do things that you didn't think of before and new opportunities present themselves. AJ told me that after all that time, realized that he just didn't have the desire anymore to drink and just made him feel like he wanted to make this change long term instead of just for this race. So there was... Um, there was basically, I had a victory beer. Oh, yes. And what it was is because I, I believe in streaks, um, you know, whether it be running or drinking or whatever, if you quit something, you know, and realistically, what I started to figure out was not only is it, it at first it was a, a forced choice in my head. Yeah. You know, I'm going to stop drinking because I need to. Yeah. As time went on, I started to figure out that I loved the identity that I was forming as a sober person. And it it really people at first, you know, they don't they don't quite understand it. You know, they want to know if there's a problem or whatever. Yeah. When they find out it's a choice, you'll start to notice that you inspire people just by the fact that you're doing something that you don't have to, but it is a positive change. And I really liked that concept. So as it got further along, the victory beer, the the reason that happened was because my cousin, uh, he was getting married and our bachelor or his bachelor party was a five day long backpacking trip up on top of like sheer mountains because I knew I wasn't drinking and I knew that was, you know, kind of a, a big deal for my cousin. I decided to go up the weekend before we had our five day trip and me and my buddy, packed up, um, you know, the alcohol for that group and, uh, we left it on top of the mountain for them. Well, when they got up there, obviously, you know, we had a week, they, they drank the alcohol, um, except for the one beer. I, I, I thought I was going to drink again. So I saw my buddy, he grabbed a beer out of his bag and he, he said it was the last one. Well, it dawned on me that I needed a beer because I was supposed to save one and drink right. with my cousin when I stopped the street. So I grabbed the beer and uh, so I packed that down and I put it on my shelf when I got home. And I, the thing was, I told my cousin that when I finished the marathon, 
I would have that beer with him. And I thought that was kind of a cool way to say, you know, this, this is important to me that I stay sober for your party, but you know, I'm here, I'm here with you. I'm doing everything that I would without drinking. You know, it's, it's what it is. And so as the marathon got closer, the hiking trip was middle of the summer and the marathon was in October. So there was another couple months after that of not drinking. So when I finished the race, uh, I had the beer in my truck and I just, I literally didn't want it like at all. I didn't want the taste and I especially didn't want the feeling of being drunk because for the first time I'd actually developed a lot of confidence in being sober. Yeah. And when you form your identity around say being able to drive anytime, any place, you know, you need a ride. I can take you there Yes. as opposed to, no, I can't because I've had three beers, Right. you know, those things no longer exist. And, you know, this was all kind of flashing before my eyes as I was holding that beer and I just didn't want it. Yeah. Um, so I realized I would rather not drink at that point, uh, which was kind of a cool, a cool moment for me because now it wasn't forced. Yeah. Now it It was was a choice. You changed your identity and became more authentically you, which is what we're encouraging here. It's about being who you are instead of being something you think you should be. And I love that. Last thing I really want you to share with everybody is having a passion to help drive you to make changes in your life. So passion is big with me. Um, I've always believed that. In fact, I truly believe that's why I'm still alive to this day. Um, I'm a very passionate person by nature, which is why I got into the rock bottom situation because for every positive, there's a negative. If you're known for being extremely positive and passionate, you know, your, your depressions are going to be very dark, very deep. And that's what happened to me. The reason I believe in passion is it's kind of a, a focusing. Basically, if you have two people that are doing a task, one person is passionate about it and the other person doesn't care. Nine times out of 10, the passionate person will put out better work, a better product. It'll be a more effective use of their time. So if you can understand that general concept of what you're passionate about, all of a sudden, every effort that you put into anything is going to be magnified and it's going to be that much more efficient for yourself greater results, and you're not going to feel like you're working. If you can incorporate your passion into your choices, you know, they become very effective very fast. And I like to build a little bit of momentum. I didn't mean to quit smoking. I didn't mean to quit drinking. I just got passionate about my running. And you knew that's what needed to change to get you to where you could do that effectively. That's, yeah, that's interesting. I love that. And there's a... That was the thing that I learned through smoking was um, how to quit something. Basically, like I said, if you have extremes, what I did is I didn't just smoke a little bit. I would smoke a pack a day. I'm, I'm a chain smoker. And what I started to get into is, you know, at first it seemed like fun. You got a certain feeling from smoking. But as you went on, it actually became more of a chore. It was actual work. Like yeah. I remember distinctly sitting outside in the winter and just freezing and every time I was finished with a cigarette, I felt like I did more work than the craving itself did to me. Yeah. And at that point, you know, I started to, I started to rationalize, like, why am I doing this? And that's kind of the concept of passion. Like yeah. if you can, if you can actually believe in your heart, why you're doing something and you know why those decisions are easy. Yeah. Whereas if you kind of aimlessly say, oh, I'm just going to try this today. Yeah. You're only going to be lucky or you're going to fail in that attempt. And that's why if you know your passion, you'll start to get a little bit of clarity behind what you're doing and your decisions are much easier. Yeah. 
having real clarity and making these decisions not based on the influences around you, based on what you feel like is really right for you. And AJ, he's the type of person that is like the movie Yes Man, where he just says yes and tries all these things and is game to do a lot in life. And I feel like because you've made these changes in your life, you're going to have so many more opportunities open up to you because you're not homebound since you're not drinking, you know, you got so much more life that is to be experienced now. And, um, my next episode, I'm talking about real fun, like having real experiences and tangible experiences. It's actually funny that you just kind of stepped into that because I was thinking earlier in the day that, um, you know, I got incredibly lucky. You know, I come from an alcoholic father. I have bad tendencies that surrounded my upbringing. And I remember distinctly feeling absolutely lucky that I was obsessed with sports in high school. Yeah. Because I never once drank in high school. I never smoked a cigarette in high school. I didn't do anything. I just went to school and played sports all the time. And because of that, you know, there was a lot of time that I was very productive. I learned a lot. I got a lot done in high school. Yeah. In college... I decided to try drinking and things spiraled out of control immediately. And what I learned is every time I'm drinking, it doesn't matter if it's short term or long term, eventually it will take you off of your course. As the yes man, like I'm the guy that's tried everything and, uh, you know, I have a good head on my shoulders so I can usually survive. But a lot of the situations that are involved when you're drinking are going to lead you to a bad place and you waste a lot of time that way. You waste a ton of money. You can have the same experiences sober. And not only are you sober, you remember them. Just telling you, it's a lot more fun that way. I agree. I I was admitting to some of the dorky things that I do, and I own it. I mean, I will sing karaoke totally sober. I will (laughs) dance in front of people that are not dancing and get people dancing. I feel like, you know, people are afraid to do those things and they feel like they need an excuse to do it. But then when you just become more authentically you, that stuff just can happen and you can be brave and then you realize, oh, I don't need an excuse. Right. I have one more question. Is there anything that you would tell your teenage self if you could talk to who you were as a teenager? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Um, I would probably tell myself a million things, but if I had to give myself just one bit of advice, it would honestly be, um, you know, develop some self-confidence in the sense that, you know, a lot of times when you're young, you you base your decisions off of what everybody else is doing and you want to fit in or whatever. Well, if I had spent more time working on myself instead of trying to be like everybody else, I would have realized at a much younger age like how my unique character is designed for much more successful things than trying to be like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So if you can just, you know, instead of instead of having bored time where you go drink with your buddies, you know, use that time to develop a passion. You know, build something or go paint, draw, do whatever you got to do, but create something that you can be proud of. Yeah. Because the more time you waste trying to figure out what you want to do is less time that you're actually going to have to do it. So if you try new things, you keep an open mind, you have passions and hobbies, things to keep your mind occupied. The, The right decisions will follow and opportunities will naturally occur. So if I could go back, honestly, I would tell myself to just buckle down and you know, trust myself. Yeah. Don't necessarily try to fit in with everybody else. Everybody else is trying to do it too. So don't worry about it. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. 
Choosing to drink and use mind-altering substances just distracts us from our path of becoming our very best selves. I love that AJ didn't even plan to make these changes, and he didn't mean to make them long-term. But when he saw what he was becoming and realized he was becoming somebody more than he could have ever imagined, he knew that he wanted this positivity to continue. I loved hearing his story and feel so inspired to find what we are passionate about. And I want you to be inspired to find something that you're passionate about. You don't have to know what that thing is, but try lots of different things so that you can find a passion that helps you to become who you really want to be. I'm going to challenge you to choose to not be influenced, not be influenced by others and not be influenced by drugs or other substances. Have a threshold of zero. You know what is right and what is good for you. You know the benefits. If you need help and feel like you can't do it alone, go to an adult you trust. Practice what you are going to do when you are asked to try something. When you're asked to attend a party, what are you going to do when you are made fun of for not joining in? Find a friend to support you. Maybe your goal is to find some new friends that will not be influencing you. Be brave enough to say not even once. Because it's a lot easier to say never than it is to say, well, maybe this time, but not next time. I promise that keeping your mind clear and your body healthy will allow you to be free from financial, physical, and emotional trials that come with allowing these things into your life. I promise that you do not have to experience every opportunity in life to have a full life. I have never tried the hottest pepper on earth, but I don't think I need to eat one to know that it's hot and that it can burn you. I have faced far more peer pressure as an adult than I ever did as a teenager. But by the time I was an adult, there was absolutely no question that I did not need this in my life. I knew how to have fun, real fun, on my own. I learned to be creative with fun activities and ideas. I have become brave enough to not be scared of making a fool of myself completely sober. Yes, I will dance my heart out, Yes, I will sing karaoke at the top of my lungs without any liquid courage or other substances to help me feel like I can now have permission to have fun. I hope you'll join me on my next episode where I'm going to give you tons of ideas of how to be creative and have fun. Real fun. Thanks so much for joining us today. Please click to subscribe and join us on Instagram. We'll see you next time on Becoming. Becoming.